Welcome back to our story. Glad you've joined us for another episode. I'm here with Dr. Phil Schrader and Calissa Dodderman. My name is Matt Stone, and we're excited to bring you another episode of our story where we share a little bit about what's coming up in worship, but we're also just talking about our story as a church and who God has made uh, Dunwoody UMC to be. So this Sunday is another uh, another exciting Sunday for a few different reasons. But the first reason that I think about uh, being excited for worship this Sunday is it's All Saints Sunday. And if you grew up in the church, uh, if you grew up in DUMC or in the Methodist tradition, if you grew up in the Catholic tradition, if you grew up in a mainline tradition, by and large, you probably know what All Saints Sunday is. But if you didn't grow up in church or didn't grow up in this kind of church, this may not be a familiar Sunday to you. So just wanted to spend a minute explaining what this Sunday is and why we think it's something that uh, can be really a meaningful part of your worshiping life. So... Uh, Phil, tell us a little bit about All Saints Sunday and why this is an important time for us as a church. They ran out of days. There were days for each saint, and uh, then there were too many saints, and they ran out of days. So at some point, they decided there needed to be one day where we lifted up all of the saints, uh, thus forming All Saints Sunday, the first Sunday in November. It is a day that we remember uh, those who have died in our congregation this past year. Uh, our former senior minister, Wiley Stevens, is among the honored dead that we will remember on All Saints. Uh, some churches will light a candle. Some churches will ring a bell. Uh, people will stand and remember that person. So it tends to be a marker event for people who have felt the pain of loss this year. But it's also, you hear me say most every Sunday, good morning, saints, good morning, sinners. Sinners by virtue of who we are, saints by virtue of who God is. And so the saints are not just those who've died, but we believe that the saints are also alive. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses of those who've died, but we also uh, seek to be the saints of God here in the work that we do in this community. Yeah, I think it's such a unique uh, opportunity as a church. It's it's just not the kind of thing, it's not the kind of thing that we do as a church, but in particular, it's not the kind of thing we do culturally, right? Culturally, we've distanced ourselves uh, ourselves from death to such a large degree, and this is an opportunity to reduce some of that distance, acknowledge pain, and also lean into the comfort provided by Christian community. Uh, Calissa, I, I know from some of our conversations that this is a day that you care a lot about. Uh, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, I think some of the reason I like All Saints so much is uh, for some of the reasons that Phil was lifting up, right? That we can all find our sanctity, our sainthood um, a little bit, I think, in in the remembrance of All Saints Day. So the United Methodist Church um, is not wholly unique in doing this, but is has differentiated itself from traditions like the Episcopalian Church, uh, the Anglican Church, the Catholic Church, in that um, those traditions celebrate both an All Saints Day and an All Souls Day. All Saints Day is for the saints, the, the ones that get the halos and the icons and the okay from the Pope, those are for this. That that's All Saints Day. All Souls Day is the day when you remember us, right? Uh, the ordinary walking around 
folk, the people that we've lost during that year, the people who are also to be honored. But in the United Methodist tradition, we collapse that, right? We we say, listen, that cloud of witnesses does get to in, include us. And so I think that for us, it's not only, as you mentioned, uh, an important time to remember those who we have lost, but I think it's also a wonderful time to remember those to whom we look up, um, the people who are kind of forerunners in the way that we live out our faith, the people that are examples to us, um, to, to examine why those people mean so much to us and how we can emulate them. Yeah, so if, if you haven't been a part of an All Saints Sunday, uh, I, I think this is this has got to be the year. Uh, this this is going to be, I think, a meaningful opportunity for us as a church. Even though it's different, I mean, it's going to be different because we're uh, outside for uh, for two of our three services. Nonetheless, uh, this is an important time for uh, for those who. Uh, who have lost a loved one, and for us as a church to be the church. Uh, this is this is one of those opportunities where we get to be the church uh, in uh, in worship. So I hope you'll join us for that. Uh, the other reason that I'm excited about worship this Sunday is we're beginning a new series. So the name of our next series is All In. Uh, we finished up A Joyful Embrace last Sunday with Bill Curry's message. We're starting this Sunday a new series called All In. Phil, Phil tell us a little bit about where we're headed over the next couple weeks. We've designed an all-in sermon series uh, to try to get everyone to become a part of the work of the church. So we'd like everyone to be involved. We'd like everyone to be invested. We'd like everyone to be invited to join us at the table. The table is open in the United Methodist Church, and so we want this time to be a time to gather all of us in. So it's a time of thanksgiving where we're gathered all in. It's a time of checking how we want to be involved. We're adding different worship opportunities in the days ahead, and we'll need everyone to be involved in order for us to create those new worship opportunities as well. So our All In series is seeking to invite everyone to the table to be part of the richness of what we're doing to seek God in this community. Yeah, I love the idea behind this series because it it acknowledges, I think, a couple things. Right, It, it acknowledges that, that God went all in for us, right, in the gift of His Son, Jesus. And it calls us to reciprocate that gift uh, in a time where, frankly, it's a little bit easier to pull away. And I think a, a, a lot of folks have, not necessarily from DUMC, but just in life in general in this season, it's been easier for a lot of us to pull away from things that we have previously been invested in. I think this is a great opportunity for us to refocus and reinvest in some of the things that matter most as we give back to God. So I'm really excited about this series. And the first message in particular uh, is, um, you know, as you were talking about um, the table and all are welcome to the table. This is a communion Sunday, but we're also going to be studying um, uh, or exploring the Beatitudes, which if you're not familiar with the Beatitudes, these are the first verses in something called the Sermon on the Mount, which appear in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. That word Beatitudes may not be familiar for you. It comes from the Latin word uh, that means blessed because the Beatitudes are framed as blessings or gifts uh, that Jesus talks about. So, uh, Phil, as you consider the Beatitudes and their meaning for us, 
what are you thinking about when you read these first 11, 12 verses of Matthew chapter 5? This is sort of the preamble for the Sermon on the Mount. It's setting things up just as we're facing an election this week and we're asking everyone to vote, to be all in to vote and getting everyone uh, to have their voices to be heard through voting. And that's our expectation as United Methodists following in the footsteps of Wesley. The preamble um, of the Constitution, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense. You remember those those words. And this is that sort of preamble to all that comes after it in the Sermon on the Mount about the constitution of who we are called to be as the people of God. And it starts out with a blessing, sort of setting the tone for who we're going to be as the people called Christians. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think it is a preamble. It's almost a lens through which we can read the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. I, I, I want to try this out because I, I read this uh, the, earlier this week. Uh, N.T. Wright is uh, uh, an author and Christian theologian. And he talks about the Beatitudes like this. He, he remembers the movie The Right Stuff. And uh, this is a movie that begins with kind of the chase to break the, the, the sound barrier, right? And uh, time and again, these test pilots come up against the sound barrier. And when they reach that point, the controls go haywire and the plane just disintegrates. And as the movie's made, Chuck Yeager suspects that when he approaches the sound barrier, that it's not that the controls cease to operate. It's that they begin to operate backwards or upside down. So what he tries then is when he gets up to the sound barrier, instead of, um, instead of pulling up on the controls, which would have kept him in flight, he pushes down, which under ordinary circumstances would have put the plane into a nosedive. But he was right. And instead of putting the plane into a nosedive, the controls begin to work in opposite fashion or upside down fashion. And the plane flies, he, you know, he crashes through the sound barrier. Interestingly, by the way, that's not a true story. <laughs> it just made it into the movie. Chuck Yeager says that's not really the way it works. But I, what, what N.T. Wright says, this is the way the Beatitudes work. Exactly. Which is why I want to talk to Nick and Calissa about filming some of this upside down. Yeah, I'm not sure if we need to do that, Phil. <laughs> like Batman style, you're going to hang upside down? Uh, hang upside down, flip the camera upside down, because really this is turning people's thinking upside mm. down. For the way that we think the world is supposed to work, Jesus calls us to a different understanding of who is blessed and really does flip things upside down. So uh, even if they're not going to flip the camera upside down for me next week, uh, this week, I really would like um, part of it to be filmed upside down because <laughs> blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh-huh. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. These are not the world standards. These are turning the world standards on their head. Yeah, when you think about blessed or ble being blessed... Uh, you think about receiving a gift. And when we think about receiving a gift or being blessed, <laughs> think about all the songs that you hear in pop culture right now and all the, the hashtags that you see on social media. Being blessed means uh, wealth. It means success. It means long life. It means victory in battle. 
But Jesus turns all of that upside down and says, the ones who are blessed are the humble, poor, mourners, and peacemakers. Right? This makes no sense unless you consider it from a new thing that Jesus is doing. But only twice does it say they're the ones who are blessed. The, the rest are in the future. So the rest are, there are only two on the, on the kind of the bookends where it says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of mm-hmm. heaven. And then you go, um, what's the next one? There's another one that... Persecuted for righteousness yes, sake. Yes, purchased for, right, yeah. for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the others are promises. The others are, will be comforted, will inherit the earth will be filled, will receive mercy, will see God. So there's that sense uh, in um, six of the eight that they're, you're blessed, but the, the blessing really is a, is, a, is a future promise. Right. It's that already but not yet tension that we talk about so much in the Christian faith, that we, we believe this thing to be true now, but maybe not yet actualized, which I think is one of the reasons why this is a reading that pops up so much on All Saints Day, right? It helps us look towards a future that we we might not see with our eyes, but we might know with our hearts. Um, I think the other reason we get this is, frankly, because we get to be blessed uh, as mourners and be comforted, which is an important thing for us to hear on All Saints Day. But I'm also really glad that we're um, syncing this particular reading up with our All In series, because that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. Not only is he promising blessing to those folks, to all of those folks who haven't marginalized, but he's widening the, the margin, right? He's, he's saying, you out there who's listening to me, you who, who is in poverty, you who, does, you who do not have power now, I'm talking to you. You are worthy of my time and my attention, and this is for you. Yeah. So I also want to bring in kind of another piece to the Beatitudes. Again, thinking about them as an introduction, uh, or uh, this is really the first big teaching block, at least in Matthew's gospel, that, that we hear from Jesus. And in the same way that Jesus begins with a series of blessings um, for those in the kingdom of God, his story really is a replay. And I'm not sure that I thought about it in this way uh, before this week. But this beginning of Jesus' teaching is a replay of a story that played out in Deuteronomy 28. So in Deuteronomy, as God's people come into the promised land, they have come out of Egypt, they've wandered through the wilderness, they've crossed through the Jordan River. And now, as they come into the promised land, God offers them a series of blessings for those who are obedient to the covenant. Now, fast forward to Jesus' life and ministry. In Matthew 2, he comes out of Egypt. In Matthew uh, 4, he is uh, baptized. He comes through the water. He travels through the wilderness in Matthew 4. And now, as he begins his, his, seri- or his teaching, um, he is offering a series of blessings. And it's, it's a replay of God's gift of salvation to Israel. Only this time, it's, it's an even bigger gift. And as opposed to the law being given on the mount, you get instruction being given on the mount. And it's broken into, you know, several pieces, like the Torah, five sections. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a way of interpreting that law, applying that law, seeing what that law means, not just as 
you know, something written in stone, but something that's lived in life. And pushing the way that that law is to be lived out. Uh, right. Beyond what is obviously, quote unquote, etched in stone on the tablets. Uh, well, so Phil, as you turn or as we turn our attention towards Sunday in particular, this is a question we ask a lot, right? How, how do we prepare? Uh, these words are incredibly rich. Uh, I know that one of the things that uh, we all ought, ought to probably spend some time doing is just reading slowly these first 12 verses in Matthew 5. What else do you think we can do to get ready for worship this Sunday? I think they're like poetry to be savored and, you know, to let those blessings flow through you. Uh, I found myself wanting to put names next to the different people as I thought through the Mm -hmm. saints and some of the people that I've met here in the life of the church and I've met in, in my life over the years. Who are the poor in spirit? Blessed are those who mourn. I think of David Melton um, in the loss of his mother. Uh, Blessed are the meek. Uh, I met with a young man this week who personifies meekness, um, who's 47 years old and just uh, developmentally challenged and uh, prays to dear baby Jesus and uh, just has such a beautiful spirit about him that um, it's, it's... a gift to be able to encounter these saints. So part of me wants you to savor it, but also maybe to write a, a name down uh, for where you've seen some of these. Where have you seen, who are the peacemakers these days? Uh, where do you see people who are pure in heart? Um, giving something for all of us to aspire to, because that's really what happens in the in the last verse. The last, the the other verses are about others. Uh, It may be about you, but the other verses are about others. And then the last verse brings it back home. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Uh, And this is uh, spoken to Matthew's church as well. Blessed are you when people persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So to hear it, to think about the others and then to hear it for yourself as we remember the saints this week and seek to emulate them. I'd throw out there, too, that it might be worth checking out another translation or two of the Beatitudes. I think this is one of those passages that feels really familiar to folks, or it will have been something that you have potentially heard bits and pieces of before. And when that happens, I think that it can be really helpful to encounter a different translation to help you just maybe broaden the way that you're understanding what it means to be poor in spirit or what it means to be meek. Um, For that, I think the message translation is pretty good to just kind of give you a discussion companion between this and the um, new revised standard version, which is what Phil's reading from. Do you struggle with happy though? I do, but he actually doesn't have happy. I think happy is, I want to say that's the CEB, the common English Bible. Yeah. I, I do struggle with happy, but I think, our being exposed to that as a way of thinking about it is important for our, our ability to kind of digest what's going on here. I like joyful better. Mm. Joyful. I mean, there, 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 time, yeah. there, there's some that translate this as joyful are those who are joyful uh, because that transcends happiness. I right. just struggle with a couple, a couple of the translators or paraphrasers who make this into happy. Uh, I hear that 100%. And I, yeah, that's why I would not steer you to those. But I mean, it's, I think it's worth looking at um, 
just to just to get some additional thoughts on it. Um, and I don't know if we've talked too much about translations um, in our kind of discussion with folks here, but if you are a person who has a Bible that you read from at home and you're interested in maybe checking out a different translation, there are lots of websites. The one that I use is BibleGateway.com where you can get you know, you can read the same verse in four different translations. All you got to do is just choose and you can see it's free and it's easy to go to if that's ever something that you're interested in kind of comparing and contrasting. It's an easy tool and a good resource. Good. Uh, I I think, um, you know, as we kind of pull towards a close here, the verse that that I leave thinking about for this moment, right? All of these, of course, are relevant. Um, but for this moment, for me, the verse that I walk away thinking about, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Uh, I think about our cultural moment, which we've talked a bit about uh, over the last couple of months. But as we approach uh, next Tuesday, I can't help but think about this and what God would hope for us uh, as a people, which I think has much less to do with who we're voting for and much more to do with how we're living and who we're called to be both as individuals and as a church. Uh, Phil, what do you think about um, the capacity of the Beatitudes to speak to us in this moment? Blessed are those who vote. I'm not sure what the the ending of that is, uh, but perhaps blessed are those who vote, uh, for they will be part of the process of making our world a better place to live. Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us for another week of our story. Looking forward to seeing you this Sunday at DUMC. Thanks for listening to the Our Story podcast from Dunwoody UMC. Visit us online at dunwoodyumc.org and join us for online worship every Sunday. This Sunday, November 1st, join us at 845 and 1122 a.m. for outdoor worship in the parking lot. And finally, join us inside for our 5 p.m. worship service. In addition to masks and physical distancing, we're asking everyone to reserve their seat by visiting our website and clicking the link. We hope you'll join us and add your story to ours.